Hey guys, we are on Season 1, Episode 8 of Daily Spread Reading. Our blog post today is by Jen from Teach Love Autism. We're going to be addressing the sensory needs of your students. Jen has some great visuals, supportive links, and a freebie on her blog, teachloveautism.com. Head over there to see her awesome sensory setup. that one of my favorite parts of my classroom is my sensory room. It is something that I never dreamed I would have. I was lucky enough to have someone that cared about my sensory needs of my students that when they built the classroom, they put a small room attached, even with a door, right inside. This has made meltdowns, calm downs, and just a chill spot possible. Don't think that because you don't have this that you can't have a sensory area too. Sensory rooms. I have shared about my sensory room before in sensory room part one and sensory room part two. The thing is that my sensory room and my area outside of the room has changed every single year. This is because one of the things that I've done is I've made sure that my sensory room area caters to what the students I currently have need. First, sensory bottles. Second, entrance to sensory room and shoe organizer full of fidgets and toys. Third, a look at some items inside and outside of the room, a piano, visual supports, various toys, balls, fidgets, and more. Fourth, peek inside the calming things in the room, including calming posters, gaming rocker chairs, beanbag chair, shower curtains to dim the lights, etc. Fifth, two looks at the evolution of my tactile board. Some things have been added and taken away over the years. Tactile boards have different objects, textures, and materials. How do you know how to help? Well, you have to understand the different things that can affect the senses of our students. Children with processing disorders can be oversensitive to sights, sounds, textures, flavors, smells, and other sensory input. However, this means that pretty much anything and everything can either help or hurt our students with sensory processing disorders. Jen linked an awesome video explaining a little more about sensory processing disorders. Visit the show notes and hop on over to her blog to watch the video. So what are the steps to helping those students? First, I've always done is contacted my occupational therapist and had them conduct an observation of the students in my classroom. They have the parents and myself fill out a survey of the behaviors that are seen in both the classroom and home. Second, here is a simple checklist from the STAR Institute that you could use. I like that this is broken down into different age groups and these checklists also can help you understand the type of behaviors and whether the student is seeking sensory input. Unfortunately, if you can't figure this out, it would be hard to help the student without doing tons of trial and error. This image is helpful in understanding students' sensory threshold and self-regulation. It's a two-by-two grid showing high threshold on the vertical axis and passive self-regulation on the top axis. The top left square is poor registration with responding slowly and missing stimuli. 
Then move over to the top right quadrant with active self-regulation and high sensory threshold to get sensory seeking that's associated with intelligence and creativity, pursuing stimuli. The bottom left quadrant is low sensory and passive self-regulation. Students have sensory sensitivity, distractibility, discomfort with sensory stimuli. Then the bottom left quadrant is low sensory and passive self-regulation. The bottom right is active self-regulation and low sensory threshold with students who are sensory avoiding. They act to reduce or prevent exposure to stimuli and make efforts to make exposure more predictable. Lastly, I am no expert on what the solution to a student's needs would be, but I have experience dealing with students that have both sensory seeking and avoiding needs. I have tried many different items and even started doing sensory diet schedules that require my students to participate in different activities. I had the help of my occupational therapist to come up with these activities. So do you want to start your own area in your classroom and have no idea how to start? Check this visual for the kinds of things you can get in your sensory area. Here are just some of the many things that I've used. Don't forget to jump over to Jen's blog to get all of those visuals, resources, and freebies, and links, and the video at teachloveautism.com. You can also join the DSR blogcast at dailyspedreading.blogspot.com and get information there. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Daily Sped Reading. Stay passionate and keep learning. Mm-hmm.